Hello and welcome to the Wholehearted Healer Podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish and I will be your host. This is the weekly podcast that helps women pause in their busy lives, drop into the heart, and remember their next right step. I am so happy that you're here. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Wholehearted Healer podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish, and I want to just say a huge thank you to those who are listening. We're already at episode number 25. I sort of can't believe how time is flying. Um, this week, I have a treat for you on the podcast. I interview Dr. Vin Chung. Vin is a dermatologist, a Mohs surgeon, um, incredibly well-trained. He went to Harvard, both for undergraduate and medical school. He has a master's in theology from University of Edinburgh in Scotland. He was a Fulbright scholar. Um, but beyond his really incredible um, CV, he is just a, a very inspiring person. And I think you're going to be inspired by our conversation today. Um, he has this wonderful memoir called Where the Wind Leads, um, available anywhere that you get books. And um, his life story is truly just harrowing at the beginning and just so impressive. <laughs> the, the, uh, the more he does, the older he gets. Um, and so I encourage you to check out his book. I will also, um, in the show notes and on my social media page, um, share a short YouTube video um, about his early days and his family's escape um, as refugees from Vietnam. And so I encourage you to to really look up more of his story and read his book if if this um, if this podcast resonates with you. And before we get started, I just want to um, mention two offerings that I have coming up that that you may be interested in. The first is um, my next Spring Circle, which is a live six week program where we gather um, via Zoom once a week, and then you and I um, also chat for a short period each week. Uh, and the theme of our upcoming circle, which begins on March 7th, is flow, resonance, and your intuition. So we're really going to um, practice uh, ways to tune into that inner knowing and amplify that in our lives. The other offering is um, an online self-guided um, version of my wholehearted weight loss program. So it's a six-week self-guided program. Um, and I will link both of those offerings into the show notes today. Um, and I just ask that if it all resonates with you, if you have any questions, you can always email me. But um, otherwise, without further ado, let's um, let's begin our interview, our conversation with Dr. Vin Chung today. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, hello there. This is Dr. Avine Banish, and I'm really excited for this episode of A Wholehearted Healer. I have as a guest today, Dr. Vin Chung. Um, Vin is an important person in my life because he is the reason, whether he knows it or not, that my family and I moved to Colorado Springs because Jim, my husband, um, really was just fell in love with this practice and the the purpose and the mission and really got excited Um for new challenges. And um, so Vin, welcome. I'm really excited to be talking with you. 
Thanks, Avin. I'm just one of the many reasons that your family is here in Colorado Springs. <laughs> um, so just a little background on Vin. Vin um, has a an undergraduate degree and a medical degree from Harvard. He is a Fulbright scholar. He has a Master of Theology from University of Edinburgh. He is a very successful Mohs surgeon, um, so a skin cancer surgeon at Vanguard Skin here in Colorado Springs. And Vin has a very interesting um, life story. He wrote a beautiful book called Where the Wind Leads. It's a memoir. And so I guess, Vin, to begin, um, for those who don't know you, could you just tell us a little bit about your, kind of your origin story? Mm, yeah. Uh, my family is ethnically Chinese, but uh, we're from Vietnam. And the Saigon fell in, in April of 1975. And I was born eight months later in South Vietnam. So a war-torn country. And at the age of three and a half, my family left Vietnam as refugees. And through a... Uh, long, torturous, dangerous journey, we ended up in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And that's where I grew up, one of 11 kids. And um, and it's just been an, an incredible adventure uh, my, my life has been. And Vin, when I look at you and what you have created and really the, the mission behind Vanguard Skin, I just wonder if you can talk a little bit about that idea of I don't know, living a life of purpose, um, living a, a mission-driven life. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So first of all, uh, it's not me. It's, you know, my wife and I co-founded the practice. And my journey has been really just pursuing something that's greater than myself and something that's worthwhile. And over the years, we have invited others to join us and we have attracted others to join us. And so I, I can't take credit for what has happened, uh, but I'm certainly grateful to be part of the journey. And so I, you know, after high school, I spent all this time in medical school, residency, fellowship. I spent two extra years studying. And so any doctor would know how long that journey is. And so in 2009, 15 years after I graduated from high school, I finally could get a job. And to be honest, I was just looking for a job. I was tired. I needed to make money. I had bills to pay. We had two kids. And so I was exactly where everyone else would be in my state. And I was looking for a job. Uh, but as it turned out, I could not find a job. And so my wife helped me start this medical practice, that Vanguard Skin Specialist. And, and over time, I think that, you know, once I we reach a point where we knew that we were not going to be bankrupt, that, you know, I won't be homeless. I can feed my kids. And I think once we reached that point, we knew it, it'll be okay. It was scary at first, but we knew, knew that it would be okay. But then it was just a series of decisions that, that, that Lisa and I decided, you know, to, 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 to force ourselves to answer. And we arrived at the conclusion that living a life of comfort is not enough that there is more that I want in this life than just to pay the bills and live a comfortable life and retire. And so that I think is, is the beginning of our journey, but it was a soul searching experience that I am forever grateful that we went through. And so someone listening who, 
you know, I, I read this article in the New York Times about um, this idea that a lot of people are languishing right now. So languishing, as they described it, is, um, you know, the scale of well-being and that on one side being, you know, mental mental illness, like real depression, and then on, on the high end of that scale being flourishing, mm-hmm. and that many people um, throughout the past few years of the pandemic find themselves languishing, which is sort of in the middle. It's a risk factor for mental for mental health problems, but it's also just this sense of feeling stuck. And can you speak to, can you speak to that or how, you know, when you're living for something more than comfort, that gives you um, momentum towards something more than languishing? Yeah. I, I think that what the pandemic has done is that it brought out to the forefront that we are human beings. We are not just an organism that can exist in isolation. We are fully social human beings that live in community and uh, and need to live with a purpose. And having food, water, shelter is not enough, right? So, and that's where, that's the limit to which money can never ever uh, suffice because uh, you think about all the needs uh, uh, that we have as human beings, think about Maslow's hierarchy. At the very basic level is our physiological needs, food, water, shelter, right? Oxygen, glucose, we know that. But then the next level is uh, we need a sense of community. So we need, we have needs that we cannot derive on our own. We can only get it from other people. What are they? Love, a sense of belonging, respect, trust, right? So these are all needs that we cannot get on our own, regardless of how much money we may have. And these are things that people have tried forever to buy, but it always ends up in disastrous results. And so what the pandemic has done is it brought to the forefront this need that we have that we must get from other people. Love, respect, a sense of belonging. These are needs that we must, we can get only from other people. We cannot get from ourselves, right? And then the highest level need is the need to have a sense of purpose, right? Ideals, that's what I would say. So in medicine, our ideals are compassion, mercy, justice, beauty. So these are ideals or sense of purpose that we must be able to find in our lives. And I think that in medicine, you know, we, we all know the statistics burnout is a um, is an epidemic. It impacts so many physicians, and um, and with with COVID happening, I think that it's just exacerbated this this deep longing that we have for community and for purpose. And I think that's why we're experiencing anxiety and depression and burnout in, in, in the workplace. I agree. And so, what do you see as an as a practical antidote for that? That's a great question. So. I think back to the three different, so I see it as a pyramid or a triangle, the three different layers of needs that, 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 that I break down. The first, the very basic physiological needs, food, water, shelter, car, whatever, is everything that money can buy, right? Got it. The second level is community, love, respect, trust, all of that, that we can only get from other individuals. And the highest level is purpose. And so burnout, in my mind, is not that we are being overworked. That's the problem. Burnout isn't that we're overexerting yourself. Burnout to me is a 
prolonged constellation of symptoms of unmet social and spiritual needs. And these are needs that exist at the higher levels. So the needs of community, needs of colleagues, the needs of family, and the needs of a greater purpose. And so it's more of an unmet need, similar to vitamin deficiency. For example, you can you can have sufficient calories, right? Let's say using carbohydrates and proteins all day long, but eventually your gums will start to bleed, your hair will fall out, but that's because you're lacking vitamin C, right? And so it's not it's something that's urgent or you see immediately, but down the road without having you know, these higher level needs similar to vitamins, uh, the, the, the results are disastrous. They are. And I think, I think you've really tapped into something there that really feels as if, um, I mean, the isolation was just one piece of it, right? And, and especially healthcare workers will put themselves through a lot um, yeah. in care of others. And so um, I think it is really important to look at the missing pieces. Um, and I like that analogy of, of vitamin C as if you're on a, on a boat and you get scurvy if you don't have it. Um, and so in, in, say, in your, in, in Vanguard, the company that, that the practice that you're running with Liesl so beautifully, um, how do you attempt to meet those needs? That's a great question. I think that the first step is to recognize that it exists, that we are not cogs in a wheel. We're not FTEs. We're not robots. Uh, we're individual human beings uh, with these real needs. And so we, first of all, try to pay people fairly, fair market you know, rate for what their work so they, they can have food, water, shelter and pay their rent and all that. You know, so we cover that need, right? Just as any organization uh, must, must do. But then we think about the higher level, which is our community, our culture, we call it our culture. And so this is a second level need, right? Where we, we think about who is it that we are? The first level is just, what is it that we do, right? Well, we take care of skin cancer. And what is it that we get in return for what we do? Well, we get paid this X amount, right? So that's what, that's a very basic level of what a job is. But then you think about the next level, which is who are we? Who are we? And so that's the question of culture. And who we are could only be defined in the context of our relationships with other people. Who are we? Well, we're people of integrity. Right. And that is something that we have to uh, to to live out in, in our in a workplace with our patients, whether people were are, are watching us or not. That is just who we are. We must have integrity. Who else are we? Well, we're, we're, we are people with humility. We're here to serve other people. When I walk into a room, I must recognize other people's needs before mine. That's what we do. And in medicine, if you don't get that right, you're going to. You're not going to flourish because medicine is all about serving other people, right? Whether they are elderly, whether they're young, whether they speak English, period. And I think that as, as physicians, we all knew that uh, going into medicine. But somehow over time, we've just kind of lost sight of, 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 of understanding that. And then in, you know, and again, in a lot of organizations, people have lost sight of that. When we become so focused on just seeing what we do, what can we measure, what can we get in return for what we do? All right. So, so uh, at Vanguard, we focus on who are we, and that is our culture. We're people of integrity. We're people of humility. And the third value that defines who we are is excellence. 
And excellence is not perfection. Excellence is basically the belief that we can always get better. And so that to me is the part that people forget as well, is that I am not fully developed. Me, I've been practicing medicine now. Uh, I've finished fellowship now about 13 years. I know more now than I did 13 years ago. I know more now than I did five years ago. And I look forward to becoming a better doctor and a better leader five years from now. So I look forward to continuing to progress. And I think that's the, that's the part about medicine that to me is, uh, is tragic, is that physicians believe that once we're done with our boards, we've passed the test that we're done developing, I think that is where we start to burn out as well. And so for me, I see myself as someone who is a lifelong learner, not only in knowledge, but also in someone who deepens my character. So every single day, every single year, I hope to become someone who is who has more integrity, who has more humility, who has more compassion, who has more patience. And I think that to me is what makes work satisfying, is that you have this lifelong progression of deepening in your character. So that's who, right? That's the culture. And then finally, the highest level is why do we exist, right? So what we do, who we are, and why do we exist? And this is, to me, uh, I have a very personal um, idea of why I exist, and I've been able to integrate it into our workplace. And at Vanguard Skin Specialists, the reason why we exist is to make a positive impact on our patients, our community, and our world. And so we take care of patients. I'm more than just, so when patients come in, I just happen to be a Mohs surgeon. I just happen to have the skill set of someone who could do surgery and, and treat skin cancer. But my primary purpose there is to serve the patients. And I just happen to have the skill sets that I have. And then my medical assistants happen to have the skill sets that they have. And the person who answers the phone or checks in the patients, they just happen to have the skill sets that they have. But we're all focused on the same mission, the same why that we exist. And to me, that's beautiful. When that's when the whole team comes together. And so when what you do aligns with who you are and why you exist, you will never, ever be burned out because that is your calling. It is not just a job. It's a calling. You just have to, uh, you just have to align what you do with who you are and why you exist. And that, to me, is what gives me joy every day when I think about coming to work. Yeah, and it sounds pretty simple. I mean, I think, you know, for those who are listening who aren't physicians, that that, that formula can be applied to your family, to your friends, to any group of, of people who you align with who are seeking to make a difference in the world. Yes, it, it sure does. And we spend so much of our, so many of our waking hours at work, right? We have 168 hours every single day. And I spend half of it at work and maybe another 10% working on notes and whatnot. And so work is not just something that you do in order to live. Work is how you are spending the limited, the finite number of hours in your lifetime. And so if I'm spending, you know, whatever, 60 hours related to work, I want to make sure that's worth my while because these hours that I spend, I am never getting back. I will never, ever get back those hours that I put in. So it must be worthwhile. It must be in line with who I am and why I exist. And Vin, using that model, can you just share a little bit about, um, you know, I think it's sort of at the top of that pyramid purpose driven as to the kind of amazing projects that Vanguard has been able to, to do 
outside of everyday clinic care? Yes. So, you know, so any organization must be self-sustaining. So we are not a nonprofit organization. We're a for-profit entity, but we give generously of our profits and we give generously of our time. So it's very different. Okay. We do not get government grants. We have to pay rent. We have to exist just like any other organization that's out there. So it has to be self-sustaining. It has to be financially sound. And that's where Lisa comes in, right? She makes sure that all these ideas I have are actually practical and, and, and self-sustaining. Uh, but within the parameters of that, what we do here at, at Vanguard Skin Special is that we practice medicine more than it, and we recognize that what we do is more than just a business. So we take care of patients on Medicaid, for example. We take care of elderly patients. We take care of patients uninsured. We also uh, open up clinics in rural areas uh, because it, it, it fits our mission. We take the extra effort, the extra resources, the extra time to go out and serve patients who are underserved. And so we align that with what we do everything, every single day. So it's not strictly an organization that looks only at profit. Don't get me wrong, profit is important. Profit must exist because we exist in a real world with increasing complexity in how we run the medical practice. Uh, there are rising costs, there is labor shortage. So we, 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 we take all that on, but that is all in submission to a greater purpose of serving people, of serving our patients, our community and our world. So, so that's the first thing we do as an organization. And then, you know, last night I, I just came back from a charity uh, ball in Woodland Park. So it's a community that we have served for over 10 years now. We're sponsors of, of Help the Needy. Uh, so it's a local community um, uh, organization that takes care of, of people who, are, who have uh, hard times. Uh, we do that in Colorado Springs and Pueblo. And just, we just give generously and, and support our community. And then we also uh, fund projects overseas. We uh, bring clean water to villages in Rwanda. We invest in, uh, we partner with World Vision to protect children in Cambodia. Uh, we send a, a team to Haiti. Uh, so, so these are all the things that we do. It has nothing to do with dermatology, nothing at all, but it has everything to do with our spirit. It has everything to do with the human spirit. Because when we go to work, we want to bring a whole self to work, okay? So uh, C.S. Lewis says that integrity is who you are when no one is, is, is watching, right? So you have to be consistently who you are. And so when I am at work, I need to be consistently the same person that I am when I am at home with my children, with my wife. And I think that the alignment of who we are must be congruent with, the, with who uh, what the culture of the organization is. It is too painful uh, and, 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 and disheartening to have to shift gears every single time you show up to work. And so I think that's the question that you ask yourself. You know, it, is this workplace a place that aligns with your values? Because if it really doesn't, then you probably don't belong there. And, and, and I would refuse to work there. All right, so it has nothing to do with hard work. We're willing to work hard. I'll, I'll, I'll put in the hours. It has nothing to do with pay, but the values that we hold dear personally must be aligned with the values that are practiced at the workplace. And I think that to me is the first cause of burnout. Yeah, I mean, the name of this podcast is Wholehearted Healer, and and you're touching on something that I I know I have experienced. I know uh, many people, not just 
you know, physicians in work in general, this idea that uh, there was a, there was a long time when I was a young attending physician where I almost felt two dimensional, like I'd have to be someone at work that wasn't my full self. And then I would go home and be a different person. And, and you're right. Painful is the right word. I mean, it is painful to squeeze yourself into, into a box. Um, and it, I think that that idea of integration of bringing your whole self to your whole life really is, I mean, when you talk about, you know, a hierarchy of needs and really living a purpose-driven life, um, that's almost key if you want to be doing that successfully. Yes, absolutely. You know, and and I think that I found myself kind of gravitating towards that too. So for example, when I was a kid, I just hung out with whoever. But over time, I find myself spending more time with people who share the same values that I do. Uh, for example, integrity, right? And we use that word a lot, but my, all of my friends, people that choose to spend time with, I must know that they have integrity. I must know that they do what they say, they say what they do, and, and that is it. And so you think about the people that you spend at the workplace. I spend more time with people at the workplace than I do with my own, with my own children. And so it must be a group of people that I believe has integrity. And if it doesn't, then it's a problem. And if I work for a boss, I need to trust it has integrity. Or if I work for an organization, they must have integrity. And so, uh, and so, if we find ourselves in a situation where the values do not align, then we need to make the serious decision of do we stay there or do we not. And it has nothing to do with the number of hours of work. It has nothing to do with what we're getting paid. It has nothing to do with career progression. But to me, it is that much more critical because I believe that long term, if we are are putting ourselves in an environment uh, where we have to act in ways that's contrary to our, our, our deeply held values, then it would erode away our soul, our, our sense of who we are at the deepest level. Agreed. And on the flip side, if you're living and working like with mind and heart in alignment, then I see, you know, some of the amazing, it's almost like the universe conspires to work with you. You yeah. know, I I was thinking about um, the amazing job that Vanguard did right before Christmas, kind of, you know, raising money for Afghan refugees and putting out kind of a challenge to the community, um, a pretty a pretty high stakes challenge. And the community showed up. And, and can you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's, it, you know, I, I am always blown away. And uh, by just the generosity and compassion of our community, of our team, of our staff. Uh, and it's been such a, a joy and an honor to be a part of it. And so it started in, in you know, when, when um, Afghanistan fell to the Taliban and there's this chaotic evacuation. And when we learned about the story, we just thought, oh, my goodness, this is happening. We have to do something about it. We just cannot sit by idly and and and, and not respond because uh, the, the, the concept is called moral injury. You know, and, and, and people who have experienced uh, traumatic events at war or, or the scenes, just traumatic events at home, anywhere, it's called moral injury. It's a sense of helplessness when we see suffering that we just cannot stop or respond to. And so I thought that we had to do something. 
I was not in a position to fly over there and help people evacuate. I, that's just be, was beyond what I could do. But what we could do uh, was to be able to donate generously for the, 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 the lucky few who are able to make it uh, and, and are being resettled in our, in our neighborhood here in Colorado Springs. And so that was the effort was to be able to do something about, about the trauma that was happening. And to me, we got so much more out of it than, than what we put in. At the end, the, the, the campaign raised over $200,000, uh, uh, all to be used to help African refugees who are being resettled in, in our community. And, and that was just something that we took, the, we, you know, we just took the step. We had no idea what was gonna happen. We didn't have all the details and that's okay. We just knew that we had to do something. And sitting by passively, standing on the sideline was not an option. I love that. It was, and I mean, it all happened within a few days. I mean, it was I'm sure, I'm sure you and Lisa, maybe Lisa especially was, was working, yeah. you know, night and day, but um, she always makes it look so easy. Yeah. Well, but, uh, you, but you know, what, what we did, so that could not have happened 13 years ago when we launched Vanguard Skin Specialist, because at that point we were not ready for it. And so that's part of, of what, you know, so the reason that we're able to respond the way we did was because we had spent over a decade of cultivating the character of who we are. So these values have been a part of who we are. And so it was in many ways only natural that we responded the way that we did, right? It was only natural because, well, guess what? We believe in integrity. We believe in humility. We believe in making a positive impact on our patients, our community, and our world. We believe in, in actively engaging uh, to address issues of injustices. And so it was only natural for us to do that. Yeah, it's like a tree or a vessel that's growing so that it can hold more. I think that's, that's right. Yeah. You you start with where you are and, yeah. and sort of where you end up, you could never imagine. That's right. And, and, and to me, that's why I would never, ever be burned out because I feel that right now we're able to do incredible things more so than we ever did in the history of Vanguard. And so I think about the next five years or 10 years or 20 years, who knows what else we could be doing? Who knows what else, right? Every single year, as we grow, as our footprint increases in, in, in our community, in our world, as our capacity to, to, uh, to serve people increases, uh, it's, it's actually uh, exciting to, to think about the future. It's thrilling, yeah. It'll be really, it'll be fun to see it unfold. Vin, you know, you have four children. We have four children. You also, um, one of my favorite things about Vanguard is sort of the program that you have bringing on, you know, recent college grads um, to to work for a few years. What do you tell young people? You know, mm. you, they look at you and they, they see someone who, it seems like you've always had the answers. Like you've always. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not have all the answers. Right? Um, but I, I think oftentimes that's how young people look at, you know, yeah. certain people. And so it can maybe be <laughs> overwhelming or. Yeah. So, so do you have any advice for Ooh. either young people or maybe someone in their life who is a bit lost? Who's like, I don't yeah. know. This all sounds great, but how do I begin? Oh, that's a great question. So I always, when, when I think about life, I always think about the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. That to me is the most remarkable, physical, mind-blowing manifestation of what life is as a, as a multicellular organism. It, it's incredible. 
And I think that our mindset as human beings is that we stop growing after we go through puberty, right? Or when we turn 18 and we turn 20. Those are just those are just arbitrary numbers. But the fact is that we continue to grow every single year. I am a different person now than I was five years ago. 10 years ago, I would have to confess I was probably a very unpleasant person to work with because I was so stressed. And I wasn't an evil person, but I was a very different person. I was certainly not prepared to lead. Uh, uh, through, you know, you know, through many, many years of personal development, again, character development, uh, have I arrived at where I am now? And I look forward to in the future to continue to developing. So that's the first thing we need to do is picture the caterpillar to the butterfly. And our arc of development would not stop until we choose for it to stop. Until we choose for it to stop. I have people, I know, I have friends who are in their 80s and they inspire me. They inspire me, they have more energy than I do, they have more, their character is so deep, so grounded, they have experienced tragedies and losses that I cannot imagine, and yet they're so optimistic, and they're just beautiful people, and you know what I'm talking about. These are people with a great sense of peace, and compassion, and kindness, and they're just a, they're just a rock beds of humanity, and they do great things too, and so... So we got to first of all remember that we never ever stop forming until we choose to stop forming. And I think that choosing to stop forming either because you hit a certain status, a certain income level, a certain number of tests you've taken, that's, I think that's being the beginning of burnout. And so for young people, I said, look, getting they're focusing on what, right? you know, what is the next step? How do I get to medical school? How do I get a residency? How do I get a job? I totally get that because I was there too for a long, long time. But the idea is not what can you get? What can you achieve? But the focus instead should be who can I become? So the journey of becoming, right? So again, that, that addresses the second level, right? Not what can I achieve on my resume? What MCAT scores can I get? What job can I get written? Who can I become? Who can I become? And, and that's where you put in words like humility, integrity, compassion. And then eventually, too, is the question, why do I exist? And so that requires a lot of personal reflection, too. And people oftentimes, you know, if, if, if you don't know where you're going, how would you know that you're getting there? And if you don't know where you're going and all you do is chase, you know, you chase one green pasture after another, you end up seeing 10, 15 years go by and you wonder what just happened. You don't want to walk in circles. And, 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 and once you understand who it is that you're becoming and why is it that you exist, you can endure residency. You can endure fellowship. You can endure COVID. You can endure being laid off. You can endure all kinds of things once you have clarity of who you are and why you exist. And so that, that's what that's my advice to, to uh, young college students or recent college grads, because guess what? That's what I teach my children as well. There's no difference. And so my role as a father is to shape my children's heart, to help develop their character. It is not just to give them money so they can go to college or leave some money behind so they could don't have to work in the future. No way that, that there's no way I would do that, right? So instead, I, I want to shape my children's heart, and that will require them to do the hard work of of enduring adversity, of 
enduring disappointment, enduring losses, uh, physically and emotionally experiencing pain. That's part of it. Uh, so uh, I always tell you know young people. I gotta say young people. Let me let me restate that because we're still young, Avin. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Our younger staff members, you know, the the the, the ones in the twenties, like don't just try to say I want to be happy. To me, that's a, that's a cop out. Instead, pursue purpose, and through the pursuit of purpose, you can experience profound joy that is deeper and more satisfying than any level of physical comfort. That's really profound and beautiful. <laughs> you know, it, Vin, it's so interesting looking at um, you know the arc of your life, and um, you endured. You and your family endured a lot when you were quite young, and so. It's almost as if that you, you planted that seed, and, and you know I think the the caterpillar into the butterfly is a really beautiful um, a beautiful metaphor because right we have to continue to um, look for the good and I love that idea of growing and becoming. Um, it's when we're stagnant that things right that yeah. we start to die really. Yeah, you know, and I always ask, I always tell them to to seek wisdom. Okay, and so for me, you know, I, I'm a person of faith. I seek wisdom through the Bible. I attend church. I, I seek wisdom from pastors, but I also seek wisdom from friends and neighbors and profession professionals who are several steps ahead of me in my life. And I seek wisdom from those people who have peace and joy. I do not try to get advice from the guy who's burned out, the guy who's given up on his marriage, the guy who's whining and complaining. And so think about the source of, 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 of information that you're getting from. Uh, for example, if you want to learn how to have a, a, a happy, satisfying marriage, find someone who has one. Uh, don't seek marriage advice from divorce attorneys, right? Like, like it, it, so, so find out, and I think that's a challenge now too, is that uh, we live in a noisy world, world and everyone is a self-proclaimed expert Everywhere you see, online, anywhere else. But you use the word, you, you describe what I said before as is very simple. And that's true. Life at the very basic level is very simple, right? And I think there's beauty in simplicity. And, and you don't have to make it fancy, but there's beauty in simplicity. And, and I try to live life in, in a very simple way. Well, Vin, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Um, you have wisdom to offer it. I'm grateful that you that you offer it so freely. And uh, I look forward to just witnessing and seeing where it all goes um, in the coming years because it's it's been really fun to watch. Oh, thank you, Avi. You know, I I don't know everything, uh, but I have been blessed. And, and I've been so fortunate to have surrounded myself with an incredible wife, incredible friends, incredible colleagues, you know, and friends like you and Jim and your family. And I think that that's part of the journey of life is to be able to move in a worthwhile direction and to surround yourself with people who, who are moving in the same direction that you are. Yeah, I love that. There's a quote that I love and I can't remember who said it, but it's, you know, perhaps um, it, it says something to the effect, like perhaps life is really all about um, asking and uh, asking unanswerable questions together, 
right? Like, yeah. like we, we just, we're, we're all walking each other home. Yeah, that's right. That's beautiful. Thank you, Avin. Thanks so much, Vin.